Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Access Ninja Podcast. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rachel. And in this podcast, we are a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about accessibility through the lens of technology, life, and design. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Rachel, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How about you? I'm doing uh, I'm doing real good as well. I'm uh, kind of excited about our topic for today. Uh, we're going to be uh, just give everyone an outline what we're going to be talking about. We do have a new tech tip uh, for everybody that Rachel's going to share with us. And then we're going to talk a little bit about audio description at movie theaters. And we've talked about audio description way in the past. Uh, on a podcast uh, episode, we talked about Netflix getting audio descriptions, but we're going to be talking about it at the movie theater, watching a movie live. And uh, yeah, I'm just kind of excited to talk about that. And then we're also going to be announcing a, a new uh, a new category of podcast. We're going to be doing a new type of episode. So got some fun things, uh, interesting things to talk about today. Uh, but do you want to do you want to start us off by uh, sharing uh, sharing your tech tip? Oh, yes. Let's jump in. All right. Did you hear that? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So a little technical problems here at the Access Ninja. Uh, I did just play the tech tip sound, uh, but apparently it did not route through your headphones. But uh, yes. I assure you that it was it was funky and fantastic. All right. I'm flying the F here. All right, guys. And our tech tip of today is called Flexi. Flexi is a alternative third-party keyboard that you can use in your Android or in your iPhone. Uh, it's very, very useful because it makes you uh, be able to tap a lot faster. It has a powerful prediction, um, uh, word prediction, and that helps out a lot, especially if you're a bad speller like I am. Uh, I use this week because I was in a meeting and usually I have a keyboard that attaches to my phone. And as I'm typing on the keyboard, it's silent. And I know that, you know, I know for sure what I'm typing. But if I'm using that physical keyboard, uh, you know, the little virtual keyboard that shows on your phone, I have to know exactly where the letters are. And uh, the way the voiceover works is it reads me the letter as I'm touching the screen. And then when I find the letter I want, I let go. That's called touch typing. And even though I'm very good about space in the keyboard and most of the time I get really close to the letter I want, what's happening is it's telling me every single letter and I couldn't pay attention in the meeting and take uh, notes at the same time. It was really annoying. Um, so then I remember about Flexi, I installed it, and now I kind of got hooked. I've been using it for four days, and I switch uh, all my keyboards to, you know, messages, etc. You don't have dictation on it, but if you are using Flexi, you can just sort of type more or less the, you know, where you think the letter is, and then it kind of guesses for you what words you're trying to type. So then you just flick up and down with your thumb 
and you choose the uh, correct word and then you swipe right for punctuations and then again same thing you just swipe up and down with your thumb and then you choose which punctuation you want and you just keep going like that and then if you made a mistake to delete you just swipe left and and it deletes the whole word or if you keep holding it it will delete the whole line or keep deleting it until you're and if you want numbers you're just kind of swipe from kind of uh obliquely from sort of right to left to the bottom left and then the number keyboard shows up and is the number keyboard kind of like the one for the phone so same thing you just kind of follow through and and you can type super super fast so i've been typing about three times faster than when i have regular keyboard and flex is not just for the blind but it's for everyone that wants to make your typing a lot faster and swipe up and down and swipe left and right and get things done that way and Flexi is available for both iPhone and for Android. It's been around for quite a while, actually. And it is free to download. Uh, they do have some in-app purchases, but those are for these custom themes that kind of change the way the keyboard looks. So sighted users who want to have like a, a, a fun or graphically different looking keyboard uh, can pay like an extra dollar or two to get these theme packs. But other than that, the, the app's completely free, which is really great. Yeah, and it's awesome. It originally was that sort of developed, I think, to help blind people uh, type, you know, faster and have a lot of help with uh, prediction and so so forth. But I remember it went inaccessible for a while, and I was kind of hooked to it, so I was kind of upset. But now it's completely accessible for you know anybody. Oh, and you can change languages too which was not available in the beginning because I use, uh, in a daily basis, I use at least three languages. So that it's pretty exciting. And I'm bad speller in all of them. <laughs> so if you want to check out Flexi, uh, you can find it uh, in both the Android and the Apple uh, um, App Store. Uh, you can also find out, read about it, and also get download links from their website, flexi.com. And that's F-L-E-K-S-Y.com. So flexi, F-L-E-K-S-Y is how you spell it. That was your productivity keyboard. So uh, I remember trying it out for the first time when it first, very first came out downloading it. That was right around the time I think Apple first started to allow third-party keyboards here. But I haven't used it since, but I'm glad to hear that they've kept their accessibility up, uh, up, to, up to date. I also remember that update when they dropped the accessibility. That's when I kind of dropped the app and forgot about it. And, and I'm so glad to hear that they got it back and that it is uh, in full swing. It is. It's, it's awesome. And I was pretty excited about it. And oh, and they even have like emojis and stuff. I think I I sent you. I mean, the emoji didn't make any sense to what I was talking, but I just like swiped. I have to figure out how, but I did a swipe that showed up uh, the emoji keyboard. So then <laughs> I just got the first emoji and sent that to you. All right. Well, let's move on to our, our main topic today, which is about 
audio descriptions in movie theaters. And, and it's not just a coincidence that we decided to, to talk about this. This is actually uh, part of uh, a personal experience that you had uh, going to the movies recently. So uh, do you want to introduce and talk a little bit about uh, uh, about audio descriptions in, at movie theaters? Definitely. We should um, have a new a new song for this one should be renting. <laughs> <laughs> so the topic, the driving force of our topic today is Rachel renting. Um, yeah, so audio description. A lot of people ask me um, when I go to the movie theaters, how I watch movie. And the answer is audio description, also known by some people as narration. But um, it's really audio description is a technical word. An audio description is a description, of course, of the what's happening visually in the movie. And it's recorded by a voice and a third party company, I believe. And then they um, kind of read to you what's happening and uh, in between the dialogues. So they never talk over dialogues, but in between the silence and what's happening, they will tell you um, what's going on so you don't miss anything out. What do you think? Is that a good de definition? I think that's an excellent description. So like an example might be if we have a, a scene in a movie where a character is uh, sitting at a, at a restaurant uh, ordering food and then another person comes in to join them, you might get a description like, you know, Eric sits down uh, drinking breakfast, sipping from his coffee mug. Andrew comes into the room and sits down next to him. And then the dialogue would begin. So the, the narration would end and uh, you could hear the two actors talking to each other. Like that, that's a really basic description of, of what it might be Right. Like. And sometimes they tell you the name right away. Sometimes they withhold, which I kind of like. I think it's, it's, it's a very new uh, field. So they're still... Uh, you know, you, you still get a very different uh, style sometimes between the person that's reading and, you know, whoever wrote the description. But for the most part, it's very accurate. Um, and, you know, a lot of times they will say an elegant, um, you know, middle-aged woman, uh, a brunette woman walks through, you know, the hallway uh, or sometimes they go as far as actually I was watching a European movie and and you know they describe perfectly her attire so it was like the type of skirt and that the blouse was like you know uh, also the type of blouse with the see-through of course I'm not very knowledgeable about uh, fashion but it did give me very good. Um, idea of how her clothes look, which I thought it was very, very cool. And, you know, and, you know, Europeans uh, are known for their sense of fashion. You know, you almost handle it somewhat the way you would handle the alternative description for an image where what you're describing, you know, you're limited by the time, right? We want the description to be brief because there's dialogue, things are happening, a lot of a lot of visuals are changing. So you need to stay brief. So you need to make sure your description matches what you're trying to convey to the audience visually, whether it's an emotional thing, uh, whether it, the outfit 
that they're wearing is supposed to be bold and the person shows confidence because they're wearing it because every little piece of a costume or a scene is designed to also make you feel some way so a best version of a description would uh would also encompass those emotions they're trying to they're trying to give the audience with the visuals yeah and i i mean i actually been working on an article for a while about visual interpretation right because we call it audio description but really any art form has interpretation in it and um you know people that sign that do sign language for the deaf is they're called interpreters because basically they are interpreting more than just um you know, transcribing what's being heard. So I think um, it's, it's it would really help out if we create this notion of visual interpretation, because I think that would make guidelines a little bit easier for people to know how to go about. Otherwise, you're basically just interpreting whatever is important to you. That's an interesting comparison because like sign language, uh, people who are not familiar with it at all might not realize that it's not when someone's interpreting, it's not a literal word for word. There's not a sign for, for every single word. We don't have, there's no sign for the or right. a or things like that. And, and, and some signs are, you they, they express things by how you perform the sign, how it's how the motion is, you know, it, it's something that literally needs to be interpreted. And you're absolutely right. That comparison with the visuals is that you, you're not doing just a absolute word for word description. There's not even enough time for that. You've got to interpret the visuals and you have to convey their meaning and pick out the important things. And it's something that literally, you know, the writer is going to interpret even from their personal experience or, or how they think the artist right. wants to convey that information. It's, it's absolutely an interpretation more than it is a description. I really well, like it's, that. It's, it's contextual, right? I mean, I'm big with the design. I mean, ex experience design and usability, uh, you know, user experience design, it's all based on context. context. So everything is start from context. So I think that visual uh, interpretation is also contextual. So if you are, you know, if it's an action movie, uh, like the Ant-Man, and if it is a drama, they are very different contexts where, you know, the situation is happening. So I've been kind of breaking my head over this and doing some research, and hopefully I'll have some juicy article for us sometime soon. But I, I think that this would really help out if there was some of these guidelines, I think people would understand better how to go about it. But right now I'm having a lot of fun. I'm just so happy that audio description exists and is out there because it makes a huge difference for me. I, I would say that the programs, you know, TV programs that existed before the, before the 90s, uh, they didn't have so much awesome visual, special, you know, visual effects. So they had to rely a lot on sound to convey things. And that made it a lot easier for me to understand what was happening. But as, you know, as technology improved, now I feel that we have shift to this highly visual, uh, you know, movie, TV show kind of environment where 
the you know where nobody is concerned of the sound interpretation of anything you know i i i even think we should call you know those videos that show up on your facebook and and all that that just has music and a bunch of you know i don't know photos and and and, and maybe snippets of videos but that's all it is i said we shouldn't be calling that those videos those are not videos those are slideshows you know because I need to know the difference of when I'm clicking on something, if it's something I can access it or not. So if you have zero sound for me, it's just the music and a bunch of image, those to me are not videos. Those to me are just simply slideshow because there are images that are just going on and on and on with music that has nothing to do with what's happening. Now, I don't mean to get us off topic, uh, at all, but I just want to reminisce with you for just one quick moment. <laughs> Go for it. I, I, I went off the track. <laughs> and I'm not going to call out any specific people because I forgot the names of the people involved anyways, but I'm not one to make call outs anyways. But do you remember one year where we went to uh, <laughs> a certain conference in Alexandria, yes, Minnesota? I do. And a accessibility expert one known for making his classroom the most accessible place in the world <laughs> happened to show a video to the yeah. audience that was all music and text on the screen with no narration at all. Yes. And that, <laughs> and that, that. said text was so fast, so quick <laughs> that when I attempted to assist you by reading the text, I could not keep up. <laughs> yes. I remember that. <laughs> I actually knew where you were going. Yes. And and those are I mean, and this if if you are in the field of video production, which I have several friends in it, especially because, you know, since I've I've been wanting to do the, the home and prize stuff and and creating a you know documentary, you learn a lot about it. And um I mean subtitles. If you make subtitles that are word by word of what's being said, it's going to go so fast people cannot understand. So subtitles are also a type of interpretation. I had a friend that he, that was his job. He, he translated subtitles in, you know, into other languages for uh, English movies. And it was tricky because it wasn't just about translating straight out. It was also about translating and then making that so short that it could actually go into the right amount, right? That it could sync with the things that were happening in the movie. And I think audio description is very much like that. Now, audio description is available in a lot of different formats. Um, there's some streaming services like Netflix uh, that have audio descriptions available as a separate audio track. Uh, there are DVD movies that provide an audio track with audio descriptions. There's even live theater performances that offer audio described particular showings uh, that you can get tickets to. I actually had someone recently attend uh, uh, a, uh, a customer recently attend uh, a performance of the Hamilton musical where there was an, a live person there who audio described uh, while the, while the play was going on. Uh, but we're going to be focusing today on going to the movie theater. So watching a movie live in 
the theater. Uh, uh, Amazon Prime also has some. It's it's just recent, so I just wanted to put it out there. If anybody wants to see how it sounds, um, it's also available. Yeah, so check that out. All of Netflix's original content and a handful of their movies. Uh, when you watch the movie, have an audio track with audio description. Uh, like you said, Prime has it available as well. Yeah. Well, Netflix actually has audio description as its own category. So when you're searching, you know, you will see uh, comedy, drama, blah, blah, blah. And then in the very bottom of that list, there'll be audio description. That's right. So, yeah, you can actually browse their catalog that includes audio descriptions, which is growing all the time, which is good. They're actually trying to cut a deal uh, because movies, as we're going to talk about in just a moment, a lot most mainstream movies, a lot of big movies, and actually most movies, period, that are showing up to theaters actually are being produced with an audio description track. Only some small indie or smaller production f- movies uh, are are not described. Well, uh, and that is increasing even in the, especially the European ones, the one that I was just saying, I think it was called, I forgot the name, something Sunday. Um it's it also had audio description so it's audio description is being increasing even in the you know in the cine art uh realm and it's also even increasing in other languages actually the one that i am talking about which i should find a name uh is actually a spanish production so the audio description is in spanish Oh, and another thing that has also increased with audio description is reading of the subtitles. So, you know, like a lot of times I remember, um, what was that? Covert Affairs? I think it was the name of the show in USA. There was a blind guy that was also a CIA agent. And, um, you know, and a lot of things happen and then they would have, I don't know, she'll be in Colombia doing something. So there will be a little bit of Spanish in there or in China, and then there'll be a bit of Mandarin. But those never got translated into the audio description side. So you don't know what was said. And most of the time didn't really matter a whole lot. But um, now with the with the audio description and the media description built in on the iPhone, I don't know if that's true for uh, every device, it will actually read to you uh, with the screen reader, the subtitle translation, so you don't get hangy. It's really cool. So let's talk. Let's get into the uh, the topic of actually going to a movie theater and uh, and trying to listen to the audio description. Let's talk about what it's supposed to be, and then I think you've got a, a recent personal experience <laughs> to talk about. But <laughs> so here's what it's supposed to be let, let me tell you what it's supposed to be you go to the movie theater you buy your ticket and as you are in that window you tell the person i need audio description narration could you please get me the box or the, the equipment so they most the time will say give me a moment or meet me at this door because you know the the equipment can never go through the little uh window ticket window so they'll tell God that they'll tell you where to go uh which is usually you know to the side of the windows and you go to that door and then they after you wait for about five minutes they usually come out with a type of equipment in their hands sometimes it's this fancy headphones that have buttons and things sometimes it's uh most of the time it's a little box kind of like 
almost like those old um, Walkman. You know, it's a really light thing. It has a little clip that you can clip on your on your um, jeans, and then it has a headphone for you to put on your head. And um, so then you go, then you grab that, you buy your popcorn or whatever you buy there on the movies if you buy anything then you go in through the ticket guy he'll tell you where you're going you get into your seat and nothing is going to happen until the movie starts so there's no audio description for um the previews and then once the movie start if everything is set up correctly the headphones will start talking by itself and tell you usually about the logo that shows up or something like that. And then you know that you're in the game. And that will play the whole time until the movie's done. Some companies will read you the credits, which I love, and some people will just left you hanging after the credits starts rolling. Well, beautiful and convenient, and, and, and how great is that? Is, uh, from your personal experiences, how often does it go uh, exactly to plan? <laughs> well, okay, I should actually, because I have it all written down, I should create a percentage. Uh, I've been using audio descriptions for exactly six years. Uh, in the beginning, wasn't it available in every movie, and it was certainly not available in every theater, which I drove one time 20 minutes all the way there just because I was so excited. I had audio description, and it didn't work. And nobody cared. So I got really upset. But then I found out that the Icon Theaters at St. Louis Park had it and then i would call them ahead of time check if the movie i wanted to watch had it and they would always tell me and then i would come in and over there at the icon theaters was brilliant never failed those guys were on the ball the staff knew uh when i called they all knew what it was i was asking for it was perfect actually i should should send them a little thumbs up um and it was it was great. Plus, it's one of those deluxe movie theaters, you know, more sitting and you can eat in it. So yeah, it was awesome. So I was yay, it was amazing. But then, uh, as I travel and go to different places, and then when I moved to uh, Colorado, it was dismal. Like every time I needed it, uh, I cannot tell you. I think from all the times I've gone to movie theaters in the past three years. It has only not failed four times. But most of the time you go, um, oh, and I can tell you exactly why it didn't fail. When it didn't fail, it was on a specific movie theater and it was with a, a specific kid that worked there and he was brilliant. He not only knew, so I only went to watch movies when he was working. I would call and say, hey, is Jim there today? Uh, I mean, Jeremy there. And then they would say like, yes or no, if Jeremy wasn't there, I wasn't going. And every time I came, he not only got it perfectly set up, but he even did, he would put the audio description in one ear 
and then he would put the movie sound in the left ear or whatever side I wanted. So because this is our big headphones, you know, those that go around your head and and they cover your whole ear. And if you are watching the movie with audio description on both sides, then you can't hear the movie very well. You can't hear the dialogue well. So what I usually do is I put one side on and then I kind of push the second uh, side of the headphones kind of behind my ear. So it's kind of like a, it gets like lopsided headphones. And then I, and then I learned that I can actually bring my own headphones and which is a lot more hygienic. So I put that on the box and it works. So I put one, one butt in and the other out, but it was brilliant when Jeremy put it, it was really, really nice. But then, uh, you know, he graduated and moved on and, and I've never, ever had that same experience. So what happens is, um, I get the little box and I go in and they say, Oh, if something goes wrong, let us know. So you're blind, you go in. Um, I don't know the movie theater, like in every single room, right? I don't know everything. And then even if I come to the front, it's a mess. Like it's full of people. Like where do I go get the right person in between, um, you know, downtimes, they don't, they're not all in the same place. Right. So they tell me, oh, if there's something wrong, come see us. So they're putting that responsibility on the person that's with me. And this actually just happened recently. If I went with a friend, there's a new friend, first time we go to the movie theaters together. Well, the box doesn't work. So we were watching Ant-Man. She misses 20 minutes of the movie because it's not working. So she took the box out. And they said they were going to come check on us. So from what I've heard from one of the friend, one of friends of mine that work in a the movie theater in Kansas, she said that they are supposed to come check on you, not me go out or my friends go out. And this girl didn't even offer us like a new ticket. So I actually went and bought a, you know, gift certificate to give to my friend so she could go watch the movie again. Because you know that this is a this is is not just the auto description. It's also a friendship thing. I mean, people with disability already have trouble making friends. And if you're making a new friend and is this inconvenient all the time, you know it could affect your quote unquote first impression, right, with a friend. Because you don't know them well. You don't know if they are cool with it or 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 not. And, uh, and of course this, this lady is amazing and, and we get along really well. Uh, and of course she, she didn't mind at all. She said, I didn't even have to do that for her, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's my point is that, that you shouldn't put that on the back of somebody else. It's, it's, it's my, I'm the client, you're giving me a service. Nobody else should be involved on that interaction, on my opinion. You're supposed to be, I mean, part of the point of this is independence and right. it's wonderful to have friends that can help you. But like you said, you don't want to always be looking for help. You should be able to access these services completely independently. 
Yeah, I went by myself. Yeah, you want to go by yourself. Everybody should be entitled to do that. And so, you know, I, you know, whenever anybody says like, well, you know, your companion can help you with that. And that's nice. It's nice when someone can help you and you've got a friend or a companion that can assist you, but it should never be an expectation, uh, you know? Yeah. And that happens all the time. Like when I went to see Fantastic Beasts, the same thing happened. Um, So I don't go to the movies as much as I would like to because I already go expecting that the, you know, I already know if it's going, if it's smooth, it's great. But if it's not, I already have that. You know, I already know that that is a big possibility. And then I cannot tell you how many times I've gone to the movies and halfway through the movie, the battery dies of the box, the the little equipment, because they didn't charge it. So then, boom, like, right, I'm right there. Things are really exciting. And I love action movies. That's why I love audio description so much. For years, I wasn't able to watch the movies I love because I like, you know, kung fu movies and I like Marvel's movies. I love action. And now I can watch it by myself without having to have anybody in the role telling my friend that's describing like, shh, shh, he's a movie theater, shh, shh, you know? Uh, and, um, and, you know, something really exciting is happening. I think it was on Star Wars. Uh, you know, there was like in the middle of this chase and blah, and then the battery just died. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I had to ask my husband to go out and get it. So luckily, my husband is not a fan of action movies. So for him, it's kind of like, oh, good. I'll go <laughs> take a breather. But, uh, but let's see if he was like obsessed as I am with action movies. Right in the middle of something really exciting happening, he wouldn't want to go out. Yeah, if it was with me, I would, I would absolutely help, but I would feel a little bit like, oh no, I'm gonna miss. I love this part, but was, right. and I wouldn't be, uh, I'd be upset at the theater, of course, because they're the ones that didn't charge it. You know, it's not your right. fault that any of that happened, but now, now it's you know, now. But it's, it's inconvenient. Yeah. Exactly, it's inconvenient, right? And then, and I think, I mean, because you know, my background is customer service, uh, so. I I think that the least they they could do is offer a new ticket to the person that had to miss it out, you know, and and maybe to both people because now you're you also missed out, right? Being the blind person, even if you stay there waiting for for your audio description, and and yeah, and and I have blind friends that would say, oh, you're just going, yeah, you go, sure, no problem. I know that independent, I can grab my cane, I can get out, but here's the thing. I'm going to, I am not fully aware of if I'm getting in, in front of people with the cane, I'm a lot slower than a regular person that could, you know, pass fast. So I will be annoying other people, blocking them. And then I'm going to go have to go look for the person. And, you know, if, if the, if there's no movies going on at that moment, there's not going to be anybody at the ticket barrier. So I mean, do you know what I'm saying? It's adding a whole lot of extra time into this whole process. So this process should be 
uh, not that it necessarily is, but should be getting better because of a change in the law. So I think we should talk about what are your, as a blind person attending a movie or a deaf person, because this also does cover captions. If you're deaf and you come to the movie, they are, uh, they oftentimes can provide a device that literally kind of sits in the cup holder and you can actually see the captions on the movie and you yeah, actually screen and thanks to a change in the law that happened you actually have certain uh legal entitlements and i think we should talk about talk about that a little bit too okay go ahead all right so for so there's been a uh, a modification that's happened to the uh americans with disabilities act uh which has uh five titles we're not going to go through the, the whole thing but they have uh five titles that cover um legal rights of someone with a disability in uh, in five titles, Title I being covering employment, Title II covering access to state and local government, Title Three, which is the one we're going to be talking about, uh, which affects public accommodations, that'd be in businesses or public spaces, uh, a fourth that covers telecommunications, and then a fifth that's miscellaneous that has things like uh, covers um, uh, protections against retal retaliation uh, if you try to... Um, uh, uh, enforce your ADA uh, uh, privileges or uh, covers insurance providers, dr illegal drug use, etc. Yeah, kind of like a catch-all. Yeah, it's a catch-all category. Yeah. So there was a modification that happened uh, to uh, Title Three, specifically covering movie theaters. Yeah, and it was because of that inconsistent experience that was happening to everyone not just me but everyone so i'm gonna just i'm just gonna read off this uh, uh, verbatim uh from the u.s department of justice civil rights division uh what is this new rule so uh under this new title three uh so title three of the americans with disabilities act requires public accommodations including movie theaters to provide effective communication through the use of auxiliary aids and services. So what they mean is that a movie theater must have and maintain the equipment necessary to provide clo uh, closed movie captioning and audio description at a movie's patron seat whenever showing a digital movie produced, distributed, or otherwise made available with these features. They must also provide notice to the public about the availability of these features and ensure that theater staff is available to assist patrons with the equipment before, during, and after the showing of the movie with these features. So that is, that's the amendment that's happened. Uh, now, this, um, this new ruling, this new uh, addition to Title III, uh, technically went into effect on January 17th of 2017, uh, but full compliance wasn't required until this year, June 2nd, 2018. So this is all in effect right now as of June 2nd. Uh, the only exceptions are three things I want to cover. These cover drive-in movie theaters are not hit with this requirement, which there's not that many of them, but that's because they the, this equipment is not designed to work inside of a car uh, is the real reason why that doesn't affect. Uh, and it also doesn't affect analog movies so movies that are playing on a you know traditional film where most movie theaters 
now have all converted over to digital, where the projector is basically playing a digital, a video file through uh, a very high-end projector. And these digital movie files actually, if the movie was produced with audio descriptions, they actually include those files. So they are, if, if the movie was produced with audio description, uh, then it should be available when 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 being used with a digital projector, and this is where they are legally required to have, maintain, and provide audio audio description and uh, closed captioning devices. Well, yes. Yeah, so this is where my experience comes into place, which I get a little passionate about it. Uh, I saw this change uh, this summer in town. That I've gone to, they actually said, "I'm, I'll, I'll, we'll come and check on you." So they are fulfilling right now. We, you know, is what we're talking about, which is the full compliance of before, during, and after. So they're supposed to come and check on you. Although uh, they told me that, and then they forgot <laughs> to come check on me on uh, when I was at the Ant Man uh, movie. Uh, but I talked to a manager uh, because this happened two times. They told me they were going to come. They didn't. And then I actually joined. She's like, no, I'm so sorry. I am going to train them. They're, they are supposed to do this. So that is part of that compliance. And I've seen the change of language this summer. I just haven't seen fully a change of uh, attitude yet. But hopefully we'll get there. It's about training. Not a lot of complaints in there. Um, but I recently, uh, a week ago, went to go see Mission Impossible and we had a, uh, two couple friends that invited us to go and they wanted to go to a new movie theater for me in the site says that they have audio description, but because I've had way too much experience with this, I pick up the phone, I called them and I said, Listen, I just want to make sure that you have audio description for Mission Impossible. And I was told yes. And I even went out of my way and asked the girl, please, would you be so kind to make sure that the equipment is fully charged? So, you know, it won't die on me in the middle of the of the movie. And she's like, oh, of course. You know, so. And I even told that audio description is for the blind is, you know, the narration that is explaining what's happening. Sure, sure. Yes, we have it. Well, I get there almost whatever, six hours later, and um, nobody knows what's happening. When I asked for the audio description, there was two two girls there. And then they, she says, well, I don't know anything about it. It's my first day in the... Uh, you know, on the window, but she's worked in the movie theater for four months and says, sure, can you get me somebody? So she calls the second girl that was there. And then the second girl goes, comes, gets me a headphone. And she's like, well, here's the headphone. I don't really know how it works. Uh, just try it out. And then if it doesn't work, you let me know. So I'm already not feeling very confident about this. Right. And, and I told her, listen, is this the headphones? For so they do offer headphones for people that are hard of hearing. So if you know the elderly, sometimes the the speakers since it has all this noise, they can hear the dialogue very well. So you can request the headphones that you can put the volume up and 
and then you'll be able to hear exactly the same sound as the movie that coming through the speakers, but very loud on your headphones. And then I said, that's not what I want. I want audio description. And she just kind of like, you know, no, just try. I said, no, let's not just try. Let's get the right thing. Cause I didn't see her setting up, you know, in the computer, like they usually connect the little thingy there and then they do something on the computer. Um, so I said, can you call somebody that does know about it? So she calls the manager. Well, the manager comes and he's what he tells me. Oh, uh, the studios don't send us audio description, which is a very common cop-out. People don't know things instead of saying, look, I am so sorry. I don't know what well, the person that's trying to do. This is not available. And, and I, I could even understand that, you know, he could have said, Hey, I'll give you new passes. Like, you know, I'll, I'll make sure, but we're all new here, whatever it is. Right. Be honest. No, he told me the movie, the, the studios don't send us audio description. We don't have audio description, but then the girl comes out with a little screen. Right. And she told me, oh, here, but we have closed caption. Do you want closed caption? And then I trying to be nice, but by this time I'm really upset. So I told her, uh, which part of not of being blind don't you understand? I said, how is this screen with letters on it? It's going to help me out. I said, I don't see anything. Oh, yeah, sorry. So then... Um, and I said, that's okay, but just so the, and then I told the guy, is your movies digital? He's like, yes. Cause you know, I knew about the digital part. And then I kind of felt that he's lying to me because in the number one on the site, it says his audio description. Number two, uh, if the, the movie is digital, you know, and it was made with audio description, then it means it has audio description. I know Mission Impossible was made with audio description because all the movie theaters in town where I live have it. I already double checked after the incident. So, um, so basically what happened was it, it was a very uh, disgraceful experience. Uh, he told me to go ahead and watch because I had my friends and he did give me he refunded, so I, I watched for free. But it's not a true watching because it's an action movie. So I missed all the action stuff. Yeah, there's right? huge sections of that movie where there's no dialogue and people are fighting or there's like a right. skydiving scene that there's like a struggle to try to save somebody, but there's no dialogue. It's just, you're just going to hear a bunch of like, oh, 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 and then when like, right. and it's like, that's not, I mean, if you really like wind sound effects, I guess that might be fun. Well, and then, and then here's the thing. I mean, I, I'm a courteous person, so I'm not going to make somebody else next to me be talking the whole time on the movie, right? And disturbing the other people. So, for example, in the scene of the, of the diving, right? This, not, not creating spoilers, but, you know, the, the guy comes down and tells him, oh, did you lose your oxygen? And then I said, like, what? And then my husband said, no, he's like, you know, the guy, cause I knew the, the guy had jumped without oxygen. So then now I'm like, you know, what's going on? And then he's like, well, no, he took his oxygen out and gave it to him because he was going to die and crash and burn. And then, you know, and then, and he jumped the rest of the way without oxygen. So anyway, so I mean, people said, oh, at least you got to go for free, but like, 
yes, sure, I went for free, but I'm not getting any experience. So I think I have the right to go for free if I'm not getting, you know, if I'm missing more than 50% of something or at least a discount. I mean, it's, you know, and um, so anyway, so I believe that this, uh, this, this movie's theater is completely out of compliance. Uh, and their customer experience was uh, dismal because they, you know, even they thought they said, I'm sorry, a couple of times, it's like, are you really sorry? And they were trying to push, transfer the blame to somebody else. You know, and I called, I did my due diligence ahead of time. So I think that, you know, I can only do what I can control, but I really think that we need to sort of uh, really rethink this. I mean, I, I've told you this more than once to you before the the lawsuit went on that created this, this uh, you know, this change in the law. But um, I really think that, when we create things for accessibility, a lot of times we create things that that are for your independence, but it's still using new equipment and new things and creating new moving parts in there that is not helping you out. I still think that, you know, I mean, why can't movie, all movie theaters have apps? Why can't it have a sort of like a push button? for calling a staff, like, you know, just like, uh, just like in the airplane, right? I mean, they could add something like that and you could, you know, push like, and then you could, you know, they could ask, uh, you know, what's, is it audio description equipment, blah, 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 you know? So then you choose and then they come, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there's a million ways to improve this and put the power back in the hands of the people that actually need. But I feel that, that that that's not there. And, and, you know, if I paid for my ticket, there should be a way that I could control. Uh, and I still think we should do this stuff through some kind of app, because the truth is, uh, that way I control my battery, I control my headphones, I control all this other stuff. And I want to, I want to have money and knowledge so I can create a change in that. So there is an app called the Act ActiveView app, A C T I V U V I E W. Uh, mm-hmm. That's sort of a spinoff of an existing thing that actually I think Disney was working on. And this is an app that you can download to your phone, uh, bring to a uh, a movie, and it listens to the audio of the movie and synchronizes it with the audio description. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's a small production, and they have a very, very small collection of movies uh, available right now because they don't have uh, a lot of buy-in from the studio. So, like when The Incredibles two came out, they had The Incredibles. In fact, they've got a deal on I think almost all the Pixar movies do, and the Solo Star Wars movie was there, but that was where the only two movies in the theater, and you know, there was a ton of movies in the theater at the time that provided it, and it's not. Active use fault. They're trying to cut deals, uh, and the more users they get, and the more supporters they get, they can they can. Hey, let's try to bring them on the show because I yeah. really think that that's that is sort of the solution is bypassing all this training and bypassing all this silliness. I mean, if the movies have 
why couldn't ActiveView get for all movies, just like a movie theater, you know? And then maybe movie theaters could pay them uh, a little, uh, you know, a little fee or whatever to, to, to maintain it. And then you don't have to do anything. So I think, uh, I think this is sort of the, the, the way to go and, and, and creating, and yeah, you want to prove that you got your ticket. Well, like, you know, you're there because this could even be used at home. So if I'm watching a movie at home, right, I can just click, like it syncs with the sound and then boom, I got audio description. Now I don't need to need Netflix or, or Prime. I can just use whoever, whenever, right? I mean, th this to me is true independence and true accessibility. Now, there's one caveat about that, and they do have, in, in all the movies that they do have, you can watch at home if you've got the home video version of it and listen to the audio descriptions. And what's really great about that is you've got your own headphones in, too, so if you're watching a movie at home with a bunch of sighted people and, and, and you don't necessarily want them to have to listen to the audio descriptions, you've got your own headphones. You can hear your own audio descriptions. That This is a nice option. I think we should support it. But... Uh, we shouldn't also shouldn't have the expectation that you need to own an expensive smartphone in order to watch a movie at the movie theater. Oh, that is true. You know, like both of these solutions need to be in place. You should be able to bring in your own device because maybe you've got your own headphones. Maybe you just don't want to have to deal with their staff or whatever. But movie theaters should be required to and should provide this equipment because you know, movie, movies are expensive and iPhones and are expensive. Yeah, I pay almost like 10 bucks a pop and that's if I'm not going to 3D because I mean I don't care about 3D but sometimes my friends that are with me want to go watch a 3D and why should I tell them no we should go watch 2D because I don't want to pay you know 14 bucks for it or whatever it is. And I should point out ActiveView right now is only available right now uh, for the iPhone. There's not an Android version, but they're trying to grow. Uh, and you can find out more about them at ActiveViewApp.com. That's A-C-T-I-V-I-E-W, so ActiveView, app, A-P-P dot com. And we'll put that in the show notes, of course, as well. Yeah, so I think you see that that's I told you I had that uh, idea and somebody had the knowledge, so they did it. <laughs> <laughs> we just really need I you know I mean I think this is for everything. Um, you know the audio description for live performances um, they exist for a long time, right? But then they also have the same problem. There's not a full training. And uh, a lot of times a person that's there describing don't have the vocabulary for the description, you know, so they're trying to explain you something that they do not know, you know, like um, sometimes and that requires for the person that is watching also to have a good vocabulary, because sometimes they say, you know, a Victorian structure architecture. Well, a lot of blind people don't know what that is. I mean, I do, but I went to architect school. So, you know, it's um, it, it's very interesting. This whole field is amazing. And a lot of people just tell me, oh, you shouldn't complain because you already have audio description. Yeah, but if you go to the movie theater and you're counting on it and, and, then, and then you don't have it, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I, believe, I, I think I was watching the big short and then within 20 minutes, the thing died. I mean, luckily, the big short was just a documentary and it didn't really matter in terms of description. So I just stayed with it. But I mean, I, I really think that this is, 
it's an important topic that we need to stay on top and 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 people have to help to to make this happen this is a this is a little correction i'll be the jump in but the 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 big short was a a a drama uh based on a true events but it wasn't a documentary Oh well, I, well, the, what I meant was a documentary style. Like you I know, know there was meant, a yeah. lot of talking, and you need you didn't need description. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good movie too. Yeah, it's great, and yeah. it's yeah, very dialogue, very dialogue heavy. But right. just so everybody knows, I'm just real quickly here because we, we're coming up on an hour, and I I, I don't want to keep you all. Too, uh, I know everyone's got things to do uh, out there in podcast land, uh, but uh, just so you know. Um, I do have, a, I've got a good friend who is a projectionist and a manager at a movie theater. And uh, I had him walk me through some of the, the they, they provided audio description. They've provided it. It's a local theater in Minnesota. They've been providing it way past, way previously than requirements. Uh, they did it as soon as they got into digital projectors because the systems supported it and they just needed to buy the the receivers. But typically what's happening and not all theaters are exactly the same, but I can walk you through exactly what happens at his theater is that they have a, uh, a computer server, a server that sits up in next to the uh, projectors here. And that server actually digitally receives the movie. So when a movie is announced and they decide they're going to buy it uh, and for the, or license it so they can show it, it literally gets downloaded from the internet to a server. Now, previously they received the movies actually on discs. They looked like DVDs. Uh, but now it actually just goes straight to a server. And that server uh, is connected to all the projectors. And it they can decide from the server which projector is going to play which movie at which time. And it's all handled and communicates with the, uh, with the companies that distribute the movies. That server it, uh, it has got a digital file. And it has a transmitter. And in fact, all of these servers have transmitters. And these transmitters are little radio frequency transmitters designed specifically to simultaneously broadcast the captions and the audio descriptions over radio frequencies, like you might expect uh, uh, an FM you know, radio station, but at a lower frequency. They're not a giant, uh, they're not projecting this, uh, you know, hundreds of miles away just enough to cover the theater, the internal theater area. So they got the projectors and the servers. It already came up with this capability because the law, they knew the law was coming out and they knew that this was um, just a small cost on top of producing the projectors. So all they had to do was buy the receivers and you can actually buy the receivers from several different companies. There's actually a, a handful of companies that make these different receivers. Theirs happens to come from Dolby. And so Dolby sends them uh, a little, um, it's basically a little charger stand with a little tablet computer on it. And each of their little devices is a receiver, it receives both the, uh, the audio for the uh, hard of hearing, and it receives the audio description tracks and has little headphones. So if the user wants to bring their own headphones in, they can actually plug it right into the box. So when somebody comes in and say, I want audio descriptions for the movies, they've trained their staff. The staff goes, uh, it's underneath the counter. They have a little, a little, uh, a little device. They touch on the touchscreen. It's very simple. It chooses what screen the move that they're going to see and what the time is. So they touch the screen and the time. Then up comes, it asks, do they want uh, the uh, amplified audio for hard of hearing? 
do they want the audio description or do they want both which is what you mentioned rachel that you had provided so you could hear the audio in one ear of the movie and the description in the other so they tap mm -hmm. that little button and then they take the device out hand you the headphones and it's been sitting in the charger the whole time so it should be a fully charged battery so for them, and I don't know if all systems are that simple, It that's that's the Dolby Fidelio, I think is what they're using. Yeah. I think that's what they call so it. So that's what they have at the the Cinemark. So I'm pretty sure it's, it's Fidelius, uh, Dolby Fidelius. So it's not a inherently complicated thing to set up. Obviously, you can make a mistake if you tap the wrong thing, but it's in plain language on a touchscreen. You tap three or four buttons pick it up, fully charged, hand it, and that's the way it's supposed to work. And uh, I, I can say with, with uh, you know, my friend who's a good manager, he, he knows me personally. I've also talked to him about these issues. They take it very seriously, uh, and, uh, and they have this special system. And he let me go and pick up the whole thing and see how the whole thing worked. And uh, it's, it's pretty nifty. So it's important. And I, I don't know if every theater might be a little bit different. But that's supposed to be the process, supposed to how it's supposed to work. And when it doesn't work that way, um, then, uh, you know, it, it is now a, a, a violation of ADA. And uh, we will also link on our site uh, to uh, a full description of the law. The law actually even covers how many units they have to own per screen. Um, it, it's really detailed. Uh, so I'll send that to you as well. But with this new law in place, with us communicating with the theaters with their needs, hopefully we can make this a better experience for for everybody, uh, because it's uh, we, we love going to the movies. I love going to the movies, and I, and and I think everyone should be able to enjoy them equally. I agree. I love going to the movies, and I love watching movies. So that's why I'm a big Netflix person now, and uh, and you know, and we. I really think that other description should be something that is out there completely and fully. I mean, uh, you know, there's, it's been around for a long time for DVDs, but if you rent a DVD, it doesn't have audio description, but if you buy the DVD, it has audio description. Like that is true, for example, for Disney movies. And, but that's not a luxury. That's not a, that's not a, a special feature. It should be available in every DVD, right? Because you shouldn't have to buy a movie or watch a movie. Like even in iTunes, half of the movies I want to watch right now, uh, they're not rentable. They're just buyable. So I'm too late to catch up with some of the Avenger movies. And, and you know, and Apple does have support all the audio description. And I think that more people could do that. Absolutely. Well, I think we'll, we'll, we'll start to uh, finish up here, but we've got another announcement to make that there's no co another coincidence, no, no coincidence this time, I should say, uh, that we are talking about audio description is that uh, Rich and I have started a, a new section, and you're going to hear us uh, release some of these, of uh, us doing reviews for audio descriptions in movies. So we're going to talk about some movies we've seen with audio descriptions and about that experience and about whether how the voice was. It's going to be a movie review, but with audio descriptions. It would be so cool if at some point we could have some of the snippets of audio description. That would be hilarious, especially for those that are really boring. Sometimes they get some action movies and the guy that is describing talks like this. So now he's jumping and jumping and, and punching and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
get some emotion behind it, please. This is exciting. Now we're going to review reviewing movies that are a little bit older. So ones that are available for rent uh, or purchase on iTunes or streaming on Netflix or these other services as well. Cause uh, we're busy. We can't get to the movies as soon as they come out to review them. And we don't have uh, we don't have a preview, you know, a, a press pass to get in early, but uh, I think people will still find them interesting. If you enjoy it, let us know at feedback at access.ninja. If you uh, if you hate it, let us know also at feedback.access.ninja uh, as well. So is there any other final thoughts you had, Rachel, before we close out today? Oh, I want to know how I can get one of those press pass. I have a journalism degree. <laughs> That's my last thought. I don't no, know how official it is. I don't know if you could just, you know, say Access Ninja Publications Industries Incorporated press pass. I don't know if you could just print something out. <laughs> I don't know how it works. I really don't. Well, well I'm going to call some of my active journalist friends. Let's see, that would be awesome oh you don't, we you don't really like, make this a real thing oh you don't like my idea of just printing it out walking in with confidence um well we could try <laughs> I, I mean i, I don't think see you should doing it, but i can i can totally do it <laughs> yeah lack of confidence is is not something i would uh, not a way i would describe you <laughs> but anyways no but let's try to get it legit <laughs> yes i think so I don't want to get you blacklisted at any any. No, that wouldn't be fun, especially you know, like now they they blacklist people left and right. So hey, let's keep it. Let's keep (laughs) it. I don't want to be in trouble. Um, This is officially from Access Ninja. Everybody, keep it legit. Yeah, keep it legit. Instead of being nice, that should be our last words. Keep it legit. Keep it legit. All right. Well, I'm going to play our outro music here, and apparently you're probably not going to hear it, but I'll just play it here, and uh, and we'll, we'll sign off. So, everybody, thank you for joining us for this episode of Access Ninja. This has been Jonathan. And this has been Rachel. Have an awesome week. Yes, and if you have anything to tell us about the podcast, send it to feedback at access.ninja. And also, if you've got a little moment, review us on iTunes. That always helps as well. Everybody, be good to each other, okay? <laughs>